0: of the messages that I try and and bring to us, Um, the messages in this little series uh, called The Bible and, uh, we have different subjects each Sunday night, these sermons are not strictly expository in the fullest sense of the word. Uh, We believe in expository preaching, we believe in working our way verse by verse through passages I want that to be our main diet as a church. Um, But when it comes to a question like this, what does the Bible say about this? There is a sense in which the text then is the entire Bible, is it not? (laughs) If you're asking what does the Bible say about this, then there is a sense in which what I'm trying to do is take information from all over the Scriptures and bring it to our... Attention, And the goal of this is to help us think biblically. The goal of this is to help us take the theology and the the glorious truths that we've been learning for years and that we've heard on Sunday mornings and and to help us say, now what does that mean for everyday practical life? And I don't know how many sermons we'll do uh, in this series, but this will be the second. And I knew I wanted to speak on this one, and it is the issue of Entertainment. And so I thought what I would do is begin by reading Philippians 4, verse 8. uh, Because I think if there is one single text that comes to my mind when I think about this issue and how to think wisely about entertainment, it probably is this very familiar passage, one that many of you probably have memorized. um, Philippians 4, verse 8. I think this is a very helpful guide for us. Paul says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I think that's a very helpful place for us to start, and we're going to come back to that passage in just a few minutes. But I want to begin by defining what I'm talking about when I talk about entertainment. And for the purposes of this message, I want to use a very simple and concise definition. Uh, By entertainment, I am simply speaking of anything that we turn to as a pleasurable diversion from our daily tasks. Anything that we turn to as a pleasurable diversion from our daily tasks. Task. And so that's the definition I'm using for entertainment. Um, every day, there are obligations that we have to meet. Right? As a husband, I have obligations to my wife. As a father, I have obligations to my sons. As a pastor, I have obligations to the church. And so my daily tasks include things like helping the boys get ready in the morning, leading family devotions, coming to the office and working on things for the church, working on sermons and weekly tasks, helping Crystal with the the dishes after supper. None of these things would fit the definition of entertainment because they are not diversions from my daily tasks. These are the things that I would consider a regular part of my life. These are the daily tasks that I have because of the obligations that are on me. And you have daily tasks, too. Uh, Whether you're a, a student, whether you're an adult, you have obligations that are on you, and those obligations require you to do certain things each day. And then there are those things that we turn to as diversions. We're not required to do these things. We're not obligated to turn to these things. We do them as a break from our daily And we do them because we enjoy them. It may be watching a television show or a basketball game. It may be surfing the internet or looking at what people are saying on Facebook. It might be settling down in a comfortable chair with a novel or with a, a, a crossword puzzle book. It may even be visiting a friend or taking a walk outside All of those things would fit my definition of what we're talking about, entertainment, a pleasurable diversion from our regular daily tasks. Now already, we could go wrong if we're not careful. Because if we're thinking the way the world often does, we may have just heard me say that entertainment is a pleasurable diversion and subconsciously assumed that this means all of our daily tasks are drudgery. All of our daily tasks are not pleasurable. Are you one of those people who see your daily tasks, your daily work, as miseries to get through in order to get to a time of entertainment? Do you suffer through your daily tasks with your mind and your heart set on the game that you're waiting for that night? the show that you're eager to see what happens next in. Because we live in a culture that more and more works hours and hours in order to get to the point where they can be entertained. This is backwards, I think, from the biblical picture. Work in the Bible is a positive thing. Our daily tasks are to be undertaken with joy and are to be undertaken with energy for the glory of Christ. The pleasurable diversions that we bring into our lives, those moments of entertainment in our lives are meant to refresh us, are meant to encourage us, so that when we get back to work, we can continue doing so with renewed vigor, with renewed joy. Now notice, by the way, that my work, when I'm talking about work, I'm not including just your job. I'm including under work All of those things that go with all of the vocations God has given you. All of the callings that God has placed on your life. And so it includes callings you may have in your family. When I'm leading my family and family worship in the morning with breakfast, should I see that as drudgery? Should I enter into that time of leading my family in family worship as an obstacle to get through waiting for the entertainment later? Or should that not be very, very enjoyable to me? And all of the other things that we do each day, whether they're the very menial task or whether they're very important tasks, whether they're the routine things that we do each day or whether it's a special project for work, we need to be careful that we don't adopt the, the, the world's idea that work is somehow evil, that work is somehow something that we're to, we're to hate. We're, we're working for the weekend, right? It's just the opposite. When we weekend, we weekend for the, for the week, <laughs> Right? We're, we're refreshing ourselves for another week to get out there and to do this great gift that God has given us, namely to imitate Him and being productive in this world. There is a place for entertainment in the Christian's life. We're not anti-entertainment. Entertainment has a place in the Christian's life. But entertainment must never be at the center of the Christian's life. And I don't mean just in in theological terms, as as far as what you worship, though I mean that too. But I mean even in the way you spend your time, entertainment should not be at the center of your life. It should be at the periphery. It's, It's a tool to help us be refreshed so that we can do the main things, the important things, better. Again, this is one of those areas in which we cannot help but be affected by the society in which we live, we live in a day when people not only love entertainment, people love constant entertainment. They want to be entertained all the time, every moment of the day. In fact, many have said that we live now in a culture that is addicted to entertainment. And so we think of you know many families now have televisions in every room of the house. Smartphones in the pocket of every member of the family, TV screens in the automobiles, so that every second of every day they can be entertained with a click of a button. They're never more than a few feet away from more entertainment, and they make use of it. Uh, Crystal and I were talking about this and uh, I was in a, a, a restaurant a, a, a couple of weeks ago and I remember looking around the room and half the people in the restaurant were playing with their phones. Right? They were, they were in the screen of the phone rather than in conversation with the people they were with. In fact, this, this is one of the most amazing trends in modern society, this, this thing of, of screen time and how much time we spend in front of screens. One study found that over 70%, over 70% of American two-year-olds watch three or more hours of television per day, not counting background television that's on the rest of the time. Average screen time for kids between the ages of 8 and 18 in 2009 was seven and a half hours a day. Average screen time for kids 8 to 18 in 2009 was seven and a half hours a day. That included often kids multitasking with multiple screens at the same time. The same study found that more than 70% of children had televisions in their bedroom. More than 50% had Internet access in their bedroom. By the way, I'm not making judgment calls on those things here. We're going to talk about Christian liberty in a moment. So those are wisdom issues for you all to think about as families. But I do want you to see this as expressions of a trend of something that's happening in our society. What is perhaps most interesting of all is that the children who reported having spent the most amount of time each week in front of screens were also the ones who reported being the most bored, the most sad as well as the ones who had the most family problems, the ones who had the most problems in school. And yet we're inclined to think maybe, well, this is an issue for kids. They're spending too much time in front of screens. In reality, due in large part to the rise of computers in the workplace, that same study said that while children spend seven and a half hours average a day, adults spend an average of nine hours a day in front of screens. Now, all of this time isn't being used for entertainment. For many people, it has now become an integral part of their work. But often, a substantial portion of those nine hours is spent in entertainment. In fact, because of the rise of computers in the workplace, for most people, Facebook and YouTube and all these entertainment sites, they're always just a click away every second of the day. And for many, that temptation is just very, very hard to resist. And so rather than entertainment holding a small periphery, peripheral place in our lives, many people now spend 20-plus hours a week in entertainment. For kids, the number of hours spent using entertainment media is 53 hours a week, according to that 2009 study. 53 hours a week in entertainment media, that's screens and music. Now, another reason why entertainment has become such a huge part of our culture and our life is that it has become substantially cheaper than it used to be. Let me give you some examples. Uh, This is from a book called Media Unlimited by Todd Gitlin. In the 1700s, if you wanted to see a show, you had to go to the theater. And to go to the theater, you had to pay more than a full day's wage. It was expensive, and most people did not get to go to the theater very often at all. In the early 1800s, the price began to drop to one-third of a person's daily wage. Then in the 1870s, you could go hear a minstrel or see a variety show for one-sixth of a person's daily wage. At a a vaudeville show in the 1880s, one-thirteenth of your daily wage. Early nineteen hundreds, you could attend one of the early movie theaters for one fortieth of your daily wage. In the sixties, you could finally purchase a black and white television, which, when the cost is amortized—is that the word? When the cost is spread out over the uh, over the year, it comes to one three hundred and sixtieth of the average American's daily wage in the sixties. And so what's happened is the price of entertainment has gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And so people have begun to consume more and more and more of it so that now more people have their life centered around entertainment often than they do have around the the productive parts of their lives, the, the work part of their lives, the callings that they have for the glory of God. If you want to see how entertainment has gripped the hearts of Americans, even as entertainment has become cheaper... Even as entertainment has become cheaper, Americans have become more willing to pay more for it than people in the past used to. Uh, Most families are no longer happy with one television. In fact, many American families now spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month paying for cable or satellite, plus their smartphone plan, plus their Internet access plan. And when you put it together, we're paying way more for entertainment, as far as a percentage of our budget, than any people in the history of the world. And so on and on, we could talk about this, this prevalence of entertainment in our society. If you want to read about some of the detrimental effects, and I do believe that there are detrimental effects of entertainment becoming a leisurely part of our lives, peripheral part of our lives, to coming to, to consume so much of our lives. If you want to read about some of the detrimental effects, I highly recommend a book by Neil Postman. This was written back, I think, in the early 80s, uh, so even before the rise of computers, but it's just as true today. Neil Postman wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death, Amusing Ourselves to Death, and he chronicles very well uh, the results of this entertainment society and what it does to, to the way we think as human beings. I would suggest that our desire for these pleasurable diversions from our daily tasks, I believe that they are rooted in something of a a Sabbath principle, a rest principle that we see established at creation. God did create us to be people who need rest and refreshment. God did not design us to be workaholics and people who work all of the time. In fact, he even declared that one day in seven should be spent being refreshed and being renewed. And so we know that God has something to say about rest. God has something to say about refreshment. What's more, not only did he design one day in seven for rest, but he designed us to be people who need sleep. So every day we spend a substantial portion of our day being reminded of our need for rest, our need for refreshment. Now, what did this look like for Adam and Eve? What did this look like when the first human beings before the fall were working for the glory of God and and needed to be refreshed? Well, on the seventh day, we're told that God looked over all that he had made and declared it very good. And that God took pleasure in what he created. And it appears that man has been invited to do the same. It is a good thing for human beings to enjoy the fruit of their labors. We are to find delight in what our hands have accomplished and brought about. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 13, Solomon said this, Everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So that there is nothing wrong with a person enjoying the wages of their work, a person enjoying the fruits of their labors. That's, in fact, considered a very godly principle, a gift from God Himself. And even in that, we are imitating God in what He has done. So we are not to look at wealth or prosperity as wicked things. We ought not to begrudge someone who is taking time to enjoy something that they've worked hard for. But it appears that ultimately Adam and Eve were to find their enjoyment and their refreshment in God Himself. And so on that day of rest, the God-appointed day of pleasurable diversion, their pleasure was to be found in in worshiping Him and walking with Him. Their pleasure was to be found in allowing their hearts and their minds to wander away from those daily tasks and instead to, to dwell on the glories of God and the glories of God's creation. And so as we think about what to do with our spare time each day, we need to recognize that refreshment, diversion, these things can be very positive in our lives. There is a place for this in the Christian life. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.1 But we must keep entertainment in its proper place it must be exercised with moderation. Um, You've heard the statement, too much work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Um, We could also say too much play and no work makes Jack's life a wasted one because God put us on this earth with callings for us to do good works, for us to bear fruit, for us to accomplish things for His glory. And of course, it's not hard to, to realize that if, If an entire society stopped working and started being entertained all the time, what would happen to that society? It would completely crumble and fall apart. And so the more we become addicted to entertainment, the more detrimental the effects are going to be for society in general. Now with those things kind of said as a preface about the role of entertainment in our lives, let's be careful that entertainment isn't consuming too much of our lives, that it's put in its proper place. I do want to spend the rest of our time under two headings. And here they are. First, I want to give a couple principles of right and wrong concerning entertainment. Principles of right and wrong concerning entertainment. And then I want to give a couple of principles of wisdom and foolishness concerning entertainment. Principles of wisdom and foolishness concerning entertainment. So let's begin with those two principles of right and wrong concerning entertainment. Number one, if our entertainment is interfering with our fulfilling the callings God has given us, then our entertainment is sin. Let me say it again. If our entertainment is interfering with our fulfilling the callings that God has given us, then our entertainment is sin. This comes down to the issue of faithfulness. And how many passages of Scripture do we see God calling us to faithfulness? Is He Himself not our model of faithfulness? In every area of life where God has placed an obligation upon us, we are called to be faithful in that obligation. Remember the parables of Jesus, right? So many parables that taught this principle. Don't we want to be the servant who hears the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will make you faithful over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Remember how Paul spoke to the Christians in Thessalonica and he talked to them about those who were failing to work, failing to provide for themselves. And his basic principle was, if there are some among you who do not work, they should not eat. If they do not work, they should not eat. And so, faithfulness describes our God and all that He has promised to do, He does. And faithfulness is to describe the godly. So, you think about your own roles in your life. You think about the vocations, the callings that God has placed on your life, and all of the, the obligations that those bring. Is entertainment keeping you from fulfilling those callings the way you ought? Are you failing to be the husband or the wife that you ought because of an addiction to some kind of entertainment? Right? Are you failing to be a faithful parent or grandparent, a faithful friend or a faithful churchman right? because of the, the, the role of entertainment in your life? Has it come to take more of your life than it ought? Has it moved from the periphery as a gift for rest and refreshment? Has it come to a place that it ought not to occupy? Is it keeping you from walking more closely with Christ? Is it preventing you from your contractual obligations to others? Are you failing to have a good work ethic at work? Are you failing to do what your boss asks you to do because of time and entertainment? If any of those things are true of us, we ought to repent. It is sin because God has called us to be faithful and we don't need to make excuses as if it's not. That's the first principle, right and wrong. Here's the second one. If our entertainment choices are in any way feeding the desires of our flesh or are encouraging us in sin, then that entertainment is sin. If our entertainment choices are in any way feeding the desires of our flesh or encouraging us in sin, then that entertainment is sin. Many of you know 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Well, entertainment is a kind of company that you choose to bring into your own life. and Whether it's a novel or television show or the music that you listen to on the radio, over time you will be shaped, you will be influenced, you will be affected by your entertainment choices. Entertainment can do you much good. Entertainment, if chosen wisely, can do much to help you in your pursuit of holiness. Entertainment can also do you much harm. And ultimately, entertainment can lead your heart away from Christ if you are not careful with your choices. You are being shaped by the entertainment you allow into your life. Guard your heart. And so I'll point you to Philippians 4.8. I think this passage works as a wonderful filter when it comes to entertainment choices. As you're thinking about the music you listen to, the shows you watch, the movies you watch, what you're doing with your time, this is a very faithful passage to help you think through those things. Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, by the way, that verse is a command. That verse is an imperative statement. Think about these things. Not, not, I recommend or I suggest that you think about these things. This passage is not just a guide for entertainment. It is an imperative statement. It is a command from our Lord Jesus who loves us and knows what is best for us. And so we need to treat it as a command. This is the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you do the opposite of this, If you set your mind on things that are not honorable, if you set your mind on things that are not just or not commendable or not lovely, you are committing sin. You're doing the opposite of what the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded. Now, I'm not saying that we stick our heads in the sand and avoid all engagement with our culture. That's one of the objections that people will have to sermons like this, where you're saying we need to huddle up in our little... Christian world and ignore the world around us and just totally not engage the culture at all. Well, that's, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, when Paul said in Corinthians, bad company ruins good morals, he didn't actually write that. Now, the Holy Spirit inspired for it to be included in scriptures. But that line is actually a quote from a Greek dramatist whose name was Menander, who wrote it in a comedic play 300 years before Paul was born. And we believe that Paul had read Menander. He was a well-read man in his day. He did not avoid people who had untrue worldviews. And so Paul was a man who did engage the culture around him. The difference was he wasn't turning to these things for entertainment. He wasn't turning to these things as a pleasurable diversion. He didn't allow his mind and his heart to be captivated by such things. Here's one of the dangers for us. You see, often when we turn to something as a form of entertainment and we're finding pleasure in it, there's a very real sense in which we let our guard down and relax. Don't you kind of put entertainment and relaxation together? Isn't there a sense in which we, we, we say, all right, I've been, I've been trying to be sober-minded all day. I've been trying to be alert about the snares of the devil all day. I've been trying to be alert about doing the right thing all day. And now I just want to be entertained and our guard goes down well, that's not the way it ought to be. (laughs) That is, if that's what entertainment is going to be, you need to make sure your choices are the kind of choices that you can be entertained without having to have your guard up. It's hard for me to see how we can find a great deal of pleasure in television and movies when we have to spend the whole time with our heart on red alert, being careful from scene to scene to discern what's the message being taught here. What's the message they're trying to teach us here? What are they showing in this scene? What is the message of this? And if you're having, as a Christian, to be, to be alert throughout the whole thing, all right, I want to make sure I'm not duped, I want to make sure I'm not subconsciously receiving this, how is that really entertainment? It almost seems more like work for the sober-minded believer. And so Paul had read Menander, he had engaged with people in his culture, but that wasn't his entertainment. That was not where he turned for pleasurable diversion. Maybe you're tempted to think that what I'm saying is that when it comes to entertainment, all of our options are terrible. <laughs> right? Maybe there are no good options for entertainment for Christians. Well, that's not true at all. First of all, whether it's music, the Internet, movies, television, um, there are some things in those fields that are good. Um, there are some things in those fields that are wholesome and Christian and teach biblical principles, But there are also many other forms of entertainment that are not only real refreshment to our souls, but they are lovely and commendable and praiseworthy in and of themselves. Right? Playing a game with your family, engaging your mind in a book that that oozes sound doctrine, or getting a, a fiction book that you know is full of truth, and so you can just relax in your chair and read it and and live in that world and be fed even there and be entertained. Learning to play an instrument, right? Learning to, to sing godly songs. Spending time in God's creation. Hiking, camping, fishing. Engaging yourself in uplifting conversations with your family or with Christian friends. These are kinds of entertainment that that in and of themselves are good and pure and holy and are often much more, I think they should be much more attractive to us than screen forms of entertainment. Practicing hospitality. We do realize that, that that is the other meaning of entertainment, right? Entertaining people in your home. This morning I mentioned John Bradford in the sermon. I also ran across this quote about John Bradford. Listen to this, this description. This is how one person described John Bradford. He said, he was somewhat tall and slender, ruddy skin with an auburn beard. He typically didn't sleep more than four hours a night, and he would lie in his bed with a book in his hand, and he wouldn't put it down till he was almost asleep. His recreation, his entertainment, was simply to be in the company of other good men with whom he enjoyed Christian conversation. What did he enjoy? What was his pleasurable diversion from daily tasks? Christian conversation with other people. Something of a dying art in our day. Isn't it something that we're losing the art of just being around other people in meaningful conversations? Good works like practicing hospitality, visiting the sick or the elderly or the homebound, these can be great pleasurable diversions from your daily tasks. And so when it comes to your entertainment choices, there are some choices that we can say clearly are sin, right? There are some movies that just to put the movie in the DVD player is a sin because of the content of what is in that movie. There's nothing true about it. There's nothing lovely about it. There's nothing pure about it. But then there are some forms of media entertainment that that are wholesome, that are good, that are helpful. And then there are some forms of entertainment that are just fantastic, like being in God's creation, meditating on the things of God, taking a walk with your family. And so we need to be careful that we make wise choices. We don't need to be deceived about these things. So I guess my question for us is this. As you think about the different kinds of entertainment choices out there, which tends to characterize your life? Which tends to characterize even this past week or this past month of your life? And perhaps a more fundamental question is this one What kinds of entertainment does your heart incline towards most? Does your heart want to watch the unwholesome movie more than the wholesome? Does your heart want to read the romance, trashy novel that you know you shouldn't read rather than Lewis or Tolkien or someone who's going to teach you truth? When you think about the things that are out there, which does your heart desire and want? And what does that say about your own soul's condition? Is there need for repentance in this area? Is Christ... uh, Be careful how I say this. Are you submitting to Christ as Lord even in this area of your life? Or are we following the pattern of so many others and this is one of those areas where we say, hands off, Lord, this is still mine. Now, those are some principles of right and wrong. Let me give you some principles of wisdom and foolishness concerning entertainment. And I I say it that way because I I don't know that these are right or wrong issues, at least as far as I can tell. I think they are issues of wisdom. Wisdom. I think they are issues of foolishness, but I need to express Christian liberty here. Um, We need to recognize that two Christians may be faithful to God and yet make different decisions about these things. Are we clear on that? Do we understand that? That maybe what's right for one family isn't right for another family? Maybe what's right for one believer where that person is in their walk with Christ is going to be a little different than another believer in where they are in their walk for Christ. And so maybe, maybe one family doesn't even have a TV in the home and another family has the full satellite and everything, but they're making wise decisions, right? They're being better stewards, And so we need to be careful not to judge one another here. We need to be careful to recognize that these are areas of wisdom and foolishness which each Christian must think through for themselves. Okay. Now with that said, um, I want to say some things. Um, Let me see it right. Number one, let me suggest, this is not a thus saith the Lord. This is a let me suggest. Let me suggest that we are wise, If we work to ensure that the Internet, TV, and movies are not the bulk of our entertainment. Let me suggest that those should not be the bulk of our entertainment if we are seeking to be wise. And I think there's a number of very practical reasons for that. Um, Usually these kinds of entertainment are not the kind that foster strong relationships there might be some exceptions, but usually families are not really growing closer together when they're just sitting on the couch all staring at the same screen together. These kinds of entertainment tend to be bad for us physically. We all know the picture of the couch potato, right? So we, they're not as good for us physically speaking. Uh, in particular, these kinds of entertainment tend to detach us from reality. They tend to detach us from the people around us. They tend to detach us from God's creation. There are absolutely some shows, some movies out there that teach an excellent message and glorify God. I have not seen Courageous yet, but I've heard that it is a fantastic movie that teaches some wonderful principles. And so, uh, you know, there are examples of of movies like that. So I'm not suggesting we'll just cut media out altogether. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I don't know that these should be the bulk of our entertainment. Okay. Um, One family may deem one movie to be appropriate for their family. Another family may deem that same movie to be out of bounds for them. We must extend kindness. We must extend Christian liberty. But I think you see what I'm saying. Let's try not and let media things be the bulk of our entertainment. Number two, let me suggest, again, not thus saith the Lord, let me suggest that we are wise if we pursue intellectual entertainment over trivial entertainment. We are wise if we pursue intellectual entertainment over trivial entertainment. Don't be scared by intellectual. I don't mean pulling off your copy of Plato and, uh, or Aristotle and, uh, you know, and, and, and jumping into some Aristotle for the night. That's, that's not what I mean. I simply mean this. I think we are doing better if the pleasurable diversions we turn to actually engage us about important and meaningful things rather than petty and worldly things. Friends, we live in a world of triviality. Right? We live in the day of of in which the biggest news might be which Hollywood celebrity broke up with what other Hollywood celebrity, right? Um, what American Idol judge said what this week, right? And that's that's the big breaking thing. It's a world of triviality, and so in your books, may I suggest that you are wise to read more. Of those books that actually have something to say than those books that are just pure escapism. There's nothing, I don't think, inherently wrong with going to see a movie that that doesn't have a message. It's just pure entertainment, right? Maybe it's just, just pure action and adventure. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to see that kind of movie. But if we begin preferring that kind of trivial entertainment, to conversations with Christians about godly things. It's about being in God's creation and meditating on Him. If we begin preferring trivial entertainment to meaningful intellectual entertainment, I think that says something scary about our souls. It's it's the belittling of who we are as creatures created in the image of God. And so uh, I think we ought to carefully think about that. And so I would just ask us again in, in what does your heart find delight? when you think of a pleasurable diversion, when you think of an opportunity to step aside from your daily tasks, what do you think of first? What, 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 what does it? I'm sorry. Where does it fit? That thing that you think of first, that kind of entertainment that maybe your heart delights in most. Where does it fit on the scale of foolishness versus wisdom, and the way that you're spending probably the precious spare time that you have, if you're as busy as many of us are in these days? And are there changes that you might need to make, uh, both in your heart and in your behavior? Now, let me let me close with one overarching principle. And This one, I think, I mean, if I were to say what's really... Get at the heart of what the Bible has to say about entertainment. Um, the Philippians 4.8 is very helpful, but there is one other verse that... It's basically Philippians 4.8 condensed and made easier, and it's very clear. And it's 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. I think here is the greatest filter for testing your entertainment. Is the amount of entertainment in your life bringing glory to God or is it keeping you from bringing glory to God? Is the proportion of entertainment in your life helping you to glorify God or is it keeping you from glorifying God? Are the choices that you are making about entertainment, are they bringing glory to God? Is your soul going to be well served by that choice? Will you come away from that time of refreshment having higher thoughts of God or lower thoughts of God? How will this entertainment choice affect your family or those around you? Is this entertainment choice going to hinder your pursuit of holiness or aid you in your pursuit of holiness? If we keep those kinds of questions in mind, we will make better choices. Here is the overarching question. Does this glorify God? Friends, our God is not a killjoy who wants us to miss out on the good things in life. Our God is the lover of our souls who is opening our eyes so that we can discern what truly are the good things in life. He is helping us to learn that maybe what we used to think were the good things in life are not maybe all that good, and maybe there are better things in life that we could be dwelling in, pursuing, and loving. And so God is teaching us maybe to stop playing in the mud puddle, as Lewis said, and to recognize the ocean that is there for us he is teaching us to stop drinking the, the poisoned water when there is pure and satisfying fountains nearby. God has given us many, many gifts in this world, and He has given us many, many opportunities to have our souls refreshed and encouraged to get back out there another week. Let's do our best to not make foolish choices and end up denying ourselves what is best for us in the way we pursue entertainment. And to which we should all say, may God help us in this endeavor. Because I'm not per saying it's easy. It's not. But may God help us. All right. Any questions? No promise that I have any answers. But any questions um, about this particular issue or maybe a thought that you had as we talk about uh, entertainment and the role of entertainment in our lives and the choices that we have in our lives?